Good morning, TechConnect. Uh, and welcome back to the uh, Business of Your Business podcast. I am your host, Ryan Ellis, and I am uh, the membership director here at TechConnect. On today's member spotlight, I have the privilege of speaking with the co-founder and CEO of Aleg IT, Menachem Foyer. Foyer. Um, Menachem is a relatively new member uh, to the association, and he and his team are doing a lot of amazing work uh, within uh, Canada and the United States. So with that, Menachem, welcome to the podcast. Thank you. Thank you for having me. I'm very, uh, very honored and excited to be here. Awesome. Awesome. So, you know, first question, who is Menachem? Like, yeah. Tell us about yourself. Tell us about your journey. Sure, absolutely. Um, my journey is I actually started off in academia. I have a PhD in comparative literature and philosophy rather than in computer science and data science and stuff like that, which I'm doing now. And I taught in university of uh, University of Waterloo and at York University. I also taught some colleges. Um, I was a member actually, I was doing religious studies and philosophy. I was a professor in the humanities at these schools at University of Waterloo and at York University for a number of years. Um, after teaching for 13 years, I went into the tech sector because Ron Schuster, my, the co-founder of Adelig IT, tapped me on the shoulder and he said, um, he asked me to come on board to professionalize a, uh, a training company that would work with Jewish communities in the United States and Canada. And because he had started, he had taught a free class in Cisco networking because he's a, um, he's been in uh, networking for 17 years. He's a, uh, He's at the top of the Cisco pyramid there. He runs a company. He's a, does different, a lot of different work and contract work for very big companies. And he asked me and he did a free class and he got a few people got jobs from that. And he said, would you like to work with me? And I said, it'd be a great opportunity for me to leave academia because I had plateaued in, uh, in academia and I wanted something more and I wanted to help the community. And I was always, I've always been interested in tech. I've always been involved with tech in some way. As a kid, I had computers, you know, my father is uh, a NASA fellow and an engineer, you know, Johns Hopkins and Columbia University. So I, I was always very interested in science. And we always had computers in my house. So I said, yes, this would be a great opportunity because I want to help people to get jobs. My main thing was to take people without skills, to train them and to connect them with companies and get them jobs. I love the idea because there was a major gap in the Jewish communities that I was a member of that there's basically, the, there's a whole cultural spectrum where um, there's, the, in the cultural spectrum, you have people in the Jewish community who are, you know, have advanced degrees and go on and work professionally. There's a large part of that Jewish community, but there's also a part of the, or more of the Orthodox religious part of the community who does not go to university and does not, doesn't have skills and they go on learning for many years in Jewish law and other things until um, they get, you know, they could be later ages, like in their mid thirties, you know, even, or late twenties. And these people, these people in this community, they don't have, uh, they don't know, they don't have any requis requisite skills, you know, and how they have, then they have kids, how are they going to support their kids? So there's like a real problem that we saw and that the that delegate IT would come to solve that problem by providing training and then and, and helping them and also coaching them uh, to, and, and working together with companies to get them jobs. So it's, it's a very valuable thing, you know, we wish, you know, it'd be nice if, if there were, you know, there were more skills that were learned in the schools, you know, and then we would, you know, we would just 
build onto that. But what we've been doing lately is actually that we've actually been working, we've been training kids in schools, we've been actually running computer science programs in kids schools from grades, you know, one all the way up to 12 now in Jewish schools in the United States and Canada, because we're basically trying to solve the problem from both ends, from the top down and from the bottom up. We want to basically help, you know, give kids skills and everything and excitement about learning, you know, learning programming and coding. So by the time they get to that age, they're already excited and they already have a good knowledge of it. And then they could just, you know, just then they can move on, take courses with us in our adult program and then work, you know, and then get jobs, you know. So our, so my job, I work on a few different fronts. One is in terms of the, the training front and the community front. And the other is with companies, working together with companies to onboard our students, you know. So there's, there's a few different moving, there's different moving parts here. And we run programs in the United States and Canada doing that. Monaco, what's the what's been the uptake between the Canadian Jewish community and American Jewish community? Have you like has this been something that's been like, okay, this does make sense? Yes. We should, we need to advance. I know obviously historically we want to keep the community, you know, together and you know, pay homage to the past, but it's yeah, 2021. And <laughs> you know, and the way everything is advancing, um, you know, any pushback or is there, have you seen a lot of positive uh, feedback uh, from both communities? That's a very good question. You know, we see ourselves as a community-based organization, you know, and I actually think the future of the world is in communities. You know, everybody lives in communities. You see us, especially in Canada, you have all these different communities. And I think that instead of just working with universities and colleges where everybody goes to, goes to, you know, everybody comes together that way, we can train within the community, working with their standards, working with their language, working with their culture. Um, in terms of the Jewish culture, which is the low-lying fruit for us, and we want to go beyond that, by the way, in our kids' program, we are going beyond that. Um, there, is, there is pushback. There are problems, but it's a lot less than it was, let's say, 10 years ago. Um, now, there's a lot more willingness, especially with our kids' program. We're actually breaking new ground. Um, we're having schools that never had any computer science programs in them are now taking them on in the United States and Canada. It's totally breakthrough. It's the first time they've ever done it. And there's a readiness right now. I think with COVID-19, with people being on Zoom, they had to like, you know, use online mediums. Like one of the problems is there's two things. Um, like there's a very religious school here in Toronto, like the most religious on the spectrum. And their problem was the internet. Technology, they're good with technology, but not with the internet. So they want us to teach classes on site. We couldn't do stuff through Zoom, you know, and they have filters. There's all these different filters that are being used in order to make sure that. So basically we're, we're running programs that are culturally appropriate. But then again, there are people on the spectrum that they won't go through Zoom. So that presents problems because we have to, everything we're doing right now is remote, um, whether in the United States or in Canada, or even we also run classes in Brazil. But um, the on-site classes are a problem, you know, because we have to put all the software in it. We do all web-based programming, but then we would just have to basically put the software in the computers. So we're open to that. So we had a little bit of a pushback there. And a lot of these, the schools were called, they're called the yeshiva, the seminaries, the, those schools. Like once you get uh, from ninth grade on to 12th grade, some schools won't allow any computer science. They just want to do Jewish studies all day. They don't want to have any secular studies. So that's where the pushback's coming from. Where it's not coming from is where schools are divided like Catholic schools. You know, you'll have religious studies and you'll have um, you'll have secular studies. You have both, right? So, what's happening right now is with this uh, 
with it with the high schools is you have the schools with general studies are more open and we're those are the programs we're getting into and even more open is grades one to eight you know you know from grades sorry one to nine one to eight sorry one to eight those schools are the most open because they don't have the same type of stringencies as they do in high school so we're actually finding we have we of the, the percentage wise, I'd say 80% of our stuff in school is, is in grades one to eight right now. There's much more of an openness in the United States and Canada to that. The high schools are a little more difficult because some of them are more stringent. So that's what we're finding right now. Um, as for the adult programs, there's a major openness. The big problem with the adult programs is, it's interesting, like when you're working with the school, the school already has built into it. You know, you have, you know, they're gonna run, the, you're, you're part of their school day. And so it's easy for us to like, we. There's recurring revenue and every single year they resign contracts and we can move on and we're a part of their school. We're just, you know, we're, we're, they're outsourcing all of that stuff to us to do all of those things for the curriculum, for the teaching and for the oversight of the program. We do all of that stuff and communicate with their administrators and whatnot um, and make sure the students are getting a great education or having fun. That's, that's our responsibility. Um, the adult programs are different because we have to like go into the communities and we have to find people who are, you know, looking for, looking who are in a situation where, okay, I don't have any skills. I need some help. I need to, that's in Hebrew, the word is parnasa. I need to find a, a, a make a living. You know, I need to, to, I need skills to make a living. So where it's a little bit harder that way because we have to go seek out people within the community and it's a lot harder than working within a school. It's, uh, it takes a lot more ingenuity and a lot more energy. Um, and it's and it's a lot hard. It's been taking us a lot longer to do that. With the kids, it's a lot easier. But we are running a few adult programs a year, and we're we're growing them. And the big thing for us is the corporate relationships that we have. The more that we, the more people that we place in our adult program, the 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 better it'll be for us to grow those programs. And right now, we're doing pretty good. We have like a seventy percent placement rate right now. We want to up that. And we need we want to have more companies on board. We actually want to create. One of the things that we're really working on and we want to really work on is we want to work with a really large company, you know, like, let's say, you know, Accenture, the Deloitte's of the world, you know, the very big, you know, Fortune 500 companies. Um, we're already, we've been talking with them and working, we're working with them now, but we want to create a program where we, we take uh, the people from our program, go into their program, go into their companies through internships, through job placements and stuff like that. Like right now, I could tell you, there's a very large fintech company here in Canada we're talking with, one of the largest ones. Um, online fintech companies and they they outsourced a lot of their labor to eastern europe you know they you know basically what they want to do is they want to create 200 jobs in, in toronto so what we would like to do and we're, we're talking with them right now is to create a conduit but the problem with that is we have to shape our program for their needs so instead of us running let's say a full stack development generic program or a data science and machine learning program a generic a general program which is you know great curriculum overseen and designed by people in the industry um, rather than doing that we would have to like say okay what do you what does this company need what kind of platforms what's your tech stack you know we would basically have to run a program on their tech stack so we're open to doing that we so we have our generic programs and then we have our programs that we're shaping so if this goes through this will be a very big break for us you know because we'd be supplying you know 200 jobs you know in this in the gta you know, which they're also open to remote. They want to come back closer to home because they're having problems with outsourcing their okay. stuff to Eastern Europe. One of the, uh, you know, one, and I know this, but, um, you know, information for um, the listeners is um, the uptake within, uh, uh, within women and uh, women in the Jewish community taking up yes. um, 
the programming and the offerings that you guys are doing. Can you speak a little bit more about that? Yeah, absolutely. Um, we uh, we are finding there are, there, are, there are more women that are coming into our programs, um, especially from the like some of the more orthodox schools where they don't allow the programming that we've had a little bit of pushback. So after they're finished with the school, they, they're taking our program. We've had so, a significant part of that community come on. So more women are coming on. And I, I'll tell you, I'm very impressed with the work that they do. I find that the women that are taking, you know, data science, machine learning, or full stack development are actually even better than men in a lot of ways. They're, the women I find are more meticulous. They're more on top of everything. They're, they want to make sure everything is right, you know, done perfectly. And they do a great job and actually the most attractive to employers uh, today, I think in their presentations, when they present their work to companies, they're very impressed with their their tenacity and their energy and their, you know, the great projects that they've created. Awesome. That's amazing. Um, I guess, uh, you know, some of the questions uh, you've already answered without me even asking. Um, I guess one of the things is, uh, you know, what sets you apart from your competition? What makes Adelaide IT different from other online training courses? Because there's a lot out there. Oh, there's tons. Uh, yeah. So what like the there's Lighthouse Labs and there's General Assembly. These are the, these programs work with the general public. Uh, the difference between us and them is we're more niche oriented. Like we are, you know, we're culturally sensitive. You know, we're sensitive to this community. Um, and there, that's a very big factor for a lot of people within the community because the Jewish holidays and, you know, and also there's a trust factor. A lot of people, they like look at General Assembly or Lighthouse Labs. And they're like, how do I know that these people are going to deliver, you know, are going to help me to get a job or they care about me? You know, if you're a community-based organization, there's a lot more trust that's uh, between the, the organization and the, the clients there. So that's really good. And we're looked to, so in terms of competition, we don't really have, we don't really have much competition, you know, in that sector, because like, we're literally one of the only, uh, we're one of the only companies that provides training to the Jewish community in the United States and Canada in this genre. You know, we really are, there are nonprofits, uh, but they're more in Israel. They're more based in Israel. You'll find like there's a place called Comatech, um, Avratech. They're very interesting models. Um, Avratech and Ravtech. Avratech is a nonprofit in Israel. And what they do is people learn during the day and they come into this program. And the other part of the day, they learn software development. And then they have another company called Ravtech, which they take from that program. They put them in this company to do like they're an MSP, you know. So they, they, they're a service provider to do all these different services and they go from there and then they, to their next job. It's kind of like a, a conduit. It's a, great, it's a great model. You know, I would love to do something like that ourselves, but that's, that's, that's a whole, that's a, it's a great idea. And actually, I would love to bring that to North America. Yeah, I think it'd be very beneficial. But like in our, in our space, we're like really the only competition. But the big thing for us is I think we need to get the word out. You know, it's a, it's a marketing issue. It's a communication issue. We have to talk to many communities. It's also a pricing issue. We find that uh, some people, there's a lot of, there's a lot of, there's poverty. There's a lot of problems with people being able to afford a program like this. We, we price it lower than other programs. You know, like let's say General Assembly or Lighthouse Labs. You know, you could end up paying $12,000, let's say, for a, a full stack development program at Lighthouse Labs. We charge like $8,000 or $9,000, you know, or okay. even $7,000. You know, we, we discount it. We charge it lower. So that's a good thing. That's a good point for us. And I, But I think the big thing for us is outreach. We need to communicate. And it takes a lot of work. And we're trying to, I think our we, we need to focus more on that this year and next year. 
right now where a lot of our energy is being put into schools right now, kids schools, we see a lot of opportunity right now in this, uh, the market that we're in right now is a lot more, a lot more hunger and it's a lot easier. So no <laughs> lying fruit. So there's the, the, the stuff with going around and talking, going to Los Angeles and Chicago and Miami and New York and all this, we, we would love to do that. And we have done that. We've gone to these places and we've run workshops and programs but it's it's gonna it takes a lot more energy a lot more manpower and hopefully we're we're hoping to build that and do that very over the next year or two so yeah i guess maybe another you know what's the what's your ultimate um what's the the big goal for the next year is it going to be the communication piece the outreach or a combination of everything um i think the big the big thing for us is like the, the, for instance, like the, there's two, there were two, we have two prongs. We have the adult program and then we have our kids program. Um, the kids program, I want to do it only though. I see a multiplier effect coming. I see right now we're like, we have five schools that we're, we're in right now. And during the day, I think next year we're going to go to 10 and then to 20, then to 40, then to 80. I think that we can do that over the next five years, you know, and I think with the adult program, it's slower, it's more incremental. And I see like growth going from three, you know, we have three programs we're running a year to six next year, then to 12, then to 18, then to 36, then I see a big leap. But I, I see we need to do a lot of work in the communities. It's a lot of hard work. And there's, we have to find those people um, who, are, who, are need the, who need these services. It's hard, it's different marketing model because you know, like with, with Facebook or LinkedIn or social media, like a lot of these people don't go on social media. So you have to reach them through their institutions that there are the people within the communities. So it's a lot, a lot more difficult to reach them. And that's something we're going to work on. And I think we really need to work on. And I think the greatest thing we have is success. Like if you go to Google and you go to a delegate IT, you'll see like we have like 15 five-star reviews from our students. You know, that's really good. But are these people going to go on Google and see them? You know, there's a lot of people in the community who just won't see that, you know. So we're doing what we can to grow online. And we're going to, there are people who do see that, but we also, I'm going to have to like talk to community leaders, to rabbis, to different people who lead, you know, who work with, you know, the impoverished, you know, all types of people. You know, it's a lot, a lot of work, but it's going to take a few years. It's going to take a lot longer. As I said, you know, like three, six, 12, 18, 36 you know, programs. That's, that's how it's going to look over five years. It's slower, more incremental, but with the kids program, I think there's a multiplier effect. And I think that we're going to, that's why I'm focusing a lot of my energy on that right now. Um, that's, that's why I'm dedicating, we're, we're, we're putting more of our resources towards the kids programs right now. Although we're not, we're not getting rid of our adult programs. We're still running them. I'm still talking with companies like right now, we just had a, uh, our students, for instance, just presented our data science and machine learning program. They presented to different companies. Um, I'm talking with those companies right now. There's a lot of interest. And I think I think I'll place at least 80% of our students for sure. Excellent. And I think that the we have another one in full stack development coming up. Our presentation is going to be on October 4th. Um, and we have a lot of really nice, great companies coming there, you know, uh, like, you know, like Accenture will be there, uh, truckstop.com, think on these sort of nice companies coming. You know, there's another Browse is a growing company in Canada. And if you've heard about them, they're, they're growing. They just got, I think, a, a $17 million. They just got round funding. They're hiring a lot. So there's a lot of interest. And I think those people, again, that I, I also see that at least 80% of the people will be placed, if not more. You know, there's, so there's a lot of 
corp company interest. And I, I love building corporate relationships, but that it just, that's, that's one side. But I think once I get more of that, then I could start coming more, going back to the community more, you know, gotcha. and, and, but yeah, that's, that's what was going on. Different work. <laughs> well, one thing I'm like, like the one thing I'm hearing, and maybe this is a question, like, uh, you know, the next three to five years, um, what is it going to look like? And to me, obviously, you know, Toronto's the hot spot, but yeah. do you do you start reaching across the country into other communities with yes. in Montreal, yes, Saskatchewan, you know, right yeah. across the board is you know, is this a possibility? And I, and I guess my question is, what's the, what was what Adelaide IT going to look like over the next three to five years? And will there be a push to be a countrywide offering? Yeah, that's a great question. Like Montreal is a, is a city we've been interested in for a while. Um, and there needs, it's a different, it's a different economy too, because there's a lot more uh, public funding, there's a lot more funding, governmental funding for, for projects and things. And plus the, the amount of money that people can spend is a lot different than let's say out here, you know, pricing, everything is completely different in Montreal. We've been talking with the Montreal community. So in terms of schools, um, I'm going to really make a big push for the kids schools over there. And I think that we're definitely get some. So I see Montreal and Toronto are the two key places for us really in Canada, Vancouver, not so much, um, or Calgary, not so much. Just in terms of the Jewish community, those are the two. Montreal is a definitely a big push. I've, I've spoken with uh, some some multimillionaires over there who in the community who want to help it out. You know, there's a lot of that interest there. But the the missing piece that I need to work on over there in Montreal is the corporate piece. I need to like speak with more companies over there and get like for instance, CompuGen was a very big is a sorry not was but is is a partner with us when we first started off. We were running all of our classes out of CompuGen. You know, thank you, thanks to Harry Zarek, the CEO, yep. great guy, mm -hmm. yep. uh, major supporter of us. We ran a lot of classes there, and they were very interested in us doing something in uh, Montreal. Um, that program didn't kick off. You know, we wanted to kick off, but it, things came up. I wanted to bring Insight in there. Insight was interested. Then COVID nineteen came, and that threw everything off because insight wanted to run a program in their montreal office like that would be very good you know there there is interested interest by the svp there okay but um yeah like we want to get there it's just going to take some time but we're going to go there and i think in the united states we're we're, we're talking with people in chicago we're, we're talking with people in new york so we're going to expand in the united states especially in terms of the kids program new york chicago los angeles miami philadelphia 100 percent next year I'm going to really push for that. And that for sure, the kids program is going to grow and I want to get schools in those cities. And I think we have a very good chance of doing that because we have the best schools in Toronto. The best Jewish schools in Toronto are, are, have adopted our program. Um, as for the adults program, I want, to move, I want to go and talk to them. But again, a key factor for me going in these places is corporate relationships. If companies like the companies that I'm working with here in Toronto, if they're willing to take on remote people from the United States, that's good. So that's, that's a big factor. Um, otherwise, I have to establish more corporate relationships in Chicago and New York and in Los Angeles, which I'm happy to do. But again, it's a different, it's a different curve, you know. And I see, I see myself doing that, but I'm going to need, I'm going to have to hire more people to, to do that. More people dealing with sales and corporate relationships to do that. And I think once we do that, it'll be a lot easier for us to grow. Well said. <laughs> a lot on your plate. There's uh, a lot of great potential and uh, a lot of great potential. You know, I'm uh, very excited to, you know, 
you know, hopefully TechNex and myself and the team will be a, a part of your journey and hopefully we'll be able to assist you in whatever you need. And, uh, you know, hopefully by, you know, spot doing the membership spotlight today with uh, yourself, this will, you know, help to, um, you know, spread the word about the, you know, the great work you are doing and um, great future work you're about to do. Um, I guess maybe, maybe come full tilt and change it around a little bit. Um, you know, sure, you are sure. a member, you are a member of TechNex, uh, yeah. recently new, um, you know, what's something that you're looking forward to? Um, what are you looking to get out of, uh, the TechConnects membership? Well, one, a big thing is, you know, I really, I want to get more involved. I want to meet more people within TechConnects. I want to get to know them better and their needs. Cause I know there are a lot of companies that have resource needs and I would love to provide tech resources for them. You know, we have people in data science and machine learning and in full stack development. And I think that that could benefit. Everybody needs a developer. Every company needs developers. And I think now more companies need data and data analytics and machine learning as well. You know, it's something new for a lot of companies, but I want to like meet more people in tech connects and, and let them know, have them become be aware of how I can help them and how they can help me. We can help each other. And I want to learn more about their businesses. You know, I want to spend more time with them. I also want to, you know, learn from these CEOs who are a lot more seasoned than I am. You know, I want to, I want to, you know, help each other. I want to learn from them so that I could grow, grow my company. Um, so there's a lot, lot there in terms of like organizational help in terms of uh, advice that I could learn in terms of running an organization and growing an organization that I would love to learn. Um, so I want to get more involved that way. And I also want to make myself known to them, known to them as a resource. So there's, there's a few different points. Yeah, no, it, uh, it makes sense because obviously, yeah, um, being a young CEO um, and, uh, you know, but the good thing is like old dogs learn new tricks. So it's also a vice versa. I know that a lot of our seasoned CEOs look to younger C uh, CEOs to learn different ways about going about business and to, you know, work with different clients and, um, and I guess on the lean because a lot of these companies, you guys, it's a lean, lean program. And um, so, yeah, I'm very excited about that. And, you know, thank you for that. And I guess um, hopefully we'll see you tomorrow at the CEO peer group. <laughs> yes. Yes. I'll be there. <laughs> um, so I guess maybe my last question, like the business focus questions here is, um, sure. you know, you're super busy. Um, you know, how have you been able to keep the work life balance? going especially within the last uh, 18 months because i know your your father you're married you yes. there's a lot going on in that house yeah. And, uh, so how, how, how have you been able to you know keep sane it's very that's a great question you know i've had uh you know my my wife and i my wife is an entrepreneur too she runs she's a yoga trainer um she she's on zoom all day so ever since covid19 happened she's been on you know, we're, we have different rooms in the house, you know, and all my kids are here too. They weren't going to school, as you know, what's going on with COVID-19. They were So every kid was in their room, you know, doing their work, you know, we're all around the house and then the kitchen, you know, it was a very interesting experience, you know, because the kids are around all the time. And, you know, so actually I, over like the last year and a half, you know, my kids actually went back to school today. So, I mean, it's like, it's nice. It's actually, they, they're actually going back to school, you know? So it's like a weird experience. It's interesting because today's the day we're talking, you know, and it's like the first day, like my kids are not, I don't hear them, you know, there's no running around. There's nobody in the kitchen. There's nobody. And my wife is upstairs doing her thing. So it's just the two of us now, but it was, uh, it was great. Actually, I feel like I grew closer to my kids. I had them all around me. 
you know, our relationship, our bond is, you know, greater than it ever has been since I started, you know, since I, since they were born, you know, I feel like I'm now more in their lives. We do more things together. We're more unified. You know, this kid's going to do this. This is going to do the garbage and do the recycling. This is going to help the food prep, you know, all these types of things we have our kids do, Yeah. you know, so it's, it's the, the work-life balance is good. Plus, you know, working on Zoom, I actually like, you know, the fact that I don't have to go and visit, you know, companies and people all the time, get in my car and go around. I love that I could run my entire business online remotely. I think it's great. And it's good, also good for my family because I could be around my family more instead of being out of the house and coming back later, later in the day or after dinner or whatever. Now I can do it here. Um, although I need to start traveling, like I was talking about earlier, you know, I need to go to Chicago. I, I, I need to go to Los Angeles. I, I need to go to Miami. I need to go to these places. I need to talk to people. I need to meet community leaders, not just on Zoom, but face-to-face and shake hands and get to know people and, you know, break and establish, you know, relationships. You know, like I was doing in Montreal. Montreal, for instance, um, I, I met with community leaders. I went, you know, met with, you know, multimillionaires, you know, people who could help programs. And, and that it's like, I see that, you know, I need to go back to that again. You know, that's what they, they want that face-to-face kind of quality. It's not like Zoom, Zoom is, is not enough, especially when you're talking about funding or supporting a program, you know, the type of program we, we want to run, which has a lot of hope. Because people, when they take a program like ours, they're, they're like, they throw themselves in and they're like, I really need to get a job. I have kids. I have, you know, there's a lot of stuff on the line. So community leaders want to make sure it's legit and everything is good and everything's in line. So that takes a lot of trust and not trust building. Yeah. So, so I've been home. And so the work-life balance has been very good, but things are going to start changing. I think, I don't know. They may, you know, with COVID-19, I don't know how long that'll take, you know, but meanwhile, I mean, all the contracts and everything we did this year are, were all done online. I did not meet any of the schools face-to-face or any of the people face-to-face or any of our new clients or any of the companies face-to-face everything's been done on zoom and it's fine and people are getting hired cool. and it's all online yeah it's uh it's a weird sensation yeah because my kids have been staggered throughout the week so my girls went on tuesday my wife's the teacher she started yesterday and my oh. son today so now now i'm all alone and it's like it's kind of a weird empty nest <laughs> i uh I agree like full heartedly. Yeah. Like, yeah, there's been like, there's been rough points like throughout the year, but I have to, definitely have to agree. Uh, it has definitely brought us closer. Yeah. Um, they're, and I don't know how many kids you have, but like they've really, their personalities are three different, three young individuals yes. um, who have similar traits, but they're also very different in a lot of aspects. So it's been uh, very cool to see. And like, yeah, I'm happy that they're back at school, but it also like, I've also enjoyed the, the craziness that happens yeah. beyond these doors, like people yeah. running by and screaming and then dogs going crazy. <laughs> yeah. like things are just, and now it's like dead silent. So yeah, I know I have that same feeling right now. It's very quiet here. Um, you know, all right. I'm going to jump into uh, some fun questions, you know, get the, sure, the lighter yeah. side, the lighter side of Menachem. Sure. Um, coffee or tea. Oh, wow. Um, it's very interesting you asked that question. When I was in university, when I was 17, 18 years old, I had like a pre-ulcer condition. I was so anxious. You know, I was like painting. I was into drawing and painting. It's BFA. It was all. And then my uncle, who's an, he's an acupuncturist in California and a natural doctor, he's like, stop coffee right now. You can't do that anymore. No more coffee. So I got into tea. I started drinking Japanese tea called Kukicha. Okay. It's great. I drink it every day. 
And then my wife is a real coffee drinker. So she got me back into coffee again. I was drinking like dark, uh, medium dark roast. And love it. We have a Keurig. It's so good. But it kills me. Because when I drink it now, I just, I'm so wired all day. I can't. So now I'm like weaning myself off of that. I'm just trying to, tea is good. Kukich is good. It's a roasted green tea. So it's got a kind of like a caffeine kind of feeling to it without being caffeinated. Yeah. So it's I've like been, an illusion. It's like a placebo in my, my brain. I've been, to, I've been to Japan and I have uh, I tasted many teas. I brought a lot of teas home. Um, there was, yeah, a couple of years, yeah, off the coffee. It was all about loose leaf tea yes. and uh, doing a proper steep. But uh, yeah, I'm right there with uh, some quality stuff. Um, yeah. Salty or sweet? Oh, wow. I like both salty and sweet. You know, I like, I'm really like, I love cooking. So I try to, you know, mix it up sometimes, but I like too salty is not good. So uh, I don't know. I, I got to stay back on that. You know, I got to get on the bike and I get to do spin in the mornings. If I'm going to have too much salt, you know, I got to be careful, you know, especially my family, I have heart disease and my father, my father has a pacemaker. I know I, I got to be very careful. I thought I was worried. This I was waiting for you to say that you have a you have an uncle who's a cardiologist, and they'd be all over you. So, oh my god, <laughs> stay away from that salty stuff. So I, I'm very, I'm like doing shakes every morning now. I like I like doing like the you know protein shakes and stuff. And my wife and I are doing that. I'm staying away from carbs. I'm doing a whole new thing. You know, I enjoy it. It's nice cool. shakes in the house. Nice uh, favorite movie. Oh wow such a good question wow 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 um there's a lot of movies i love i don't know it's a tough one i love like you know like annie hall woody allen's annie hall i think you know that was a classic got several oscars and it was a very interesting movie culturally and mm-hmm. you know and intellectually you know and it's like a lot of really interesting deep intellectual questions that i think you know i identified with I like I like that kind of double the sense of you know between New York and Los Angeles and uh, his relationships and his life and because I'm very one of the things I did on my in my academic career and I, I started a blog called SchlemielTheory.com. I mean it's like got 6,500 followers and it's into about Jewish comedy. Okay. And it's, I'll tell you a joke. There's this and this is connected with this question. This film. Right. So you got these uh, three people are sitting at a table. I'm going to give you three names, a Shlemiel, a Shlemazel, and a Nudnik. So these are the three names, the three people. These are three Yiddish names. Shlemiel, Shlemazel, and Nudnik are sitting at a table, and it's lunchtime. They're getting hungry. It's like, you know, like right now, it's 11.02. Imagine it's like 11.50. You're starting to get hungry. It's lunchtime. So the Nudnik and the Shlemazel say to the Shlemiel, they say, can you go get some soup for us? We're really hungry. It's like, why can't? So Shlemiel says, why don't you get it yourself? It's like, ah, come on, yeah, help me. Get us some soup. So Shlemiel's a nice guy, you know, so he's like, okay, I'll, I'll get you some soup. So he comes in with this hot soup and right about when he's about to bring the soup, he trips and he, the soup flies on the Shlemazel and he's like, oh, he's screaming. And then Nudnik comes and said, well, what kind of soup is that? Oh, wasted, you know? So it's a, it's a trio. <laughs> you got the guy who spills the soup. The guy who gets spilled on and the guy who just makes things worse. So, you know, those are the, they all hang out together. So that's, that's, you know, that craziness, you know, so of comedy, of Jewish comedy and comedy in general, a lot of Hollywood comedy does that today. You're going to find that like Larry David is all three. He is, oh, yeah. he's all three. He's three in one. That's his genius. He's managed to put them all together. 
So usually it's different, like the odd couple, you know, you have different, you know, you'll have like, you know, the, the classic TV show and movie, you know, and there's lots of movies, Seth Rogen movie, I can go on and on and on, Ben Stiller, Adam Sandler, they always have these characters, they're all every single movie, every single movie, it's like a formula, it's a Hollywood formula. So, you know, you know, I'm not actually talking about that. A really good movie I like was the the Adam Sandler movie. I really liked. Uh, oh God, was it called uh, the Uncut Uncut Gems? I don't know if you saw it. It's great. It is so good. It is I, I've heard some good things about him. Uh, I know that he really takes uh, a, a 360. Um, it is not his usual shtick. It's not uh, his usual shtick. This movie was crazy. He went way overboard. I actually really like how he does it. It's like a it's a crazy movie, and in that movie, what I like about it, every single ethnic group gets a gets a joke on them. It's great. It's, that's the way it should be. Everybody should be. We should laugh at each other. We should have fun, you know. Yeah. So he does that in this movie. Every single group is in there. You know, there's no one's perfect. Everybody's flawed. Everybody's involved in some. There's some problems. Everybody's got their problems. Everybody's got the problems. <laughs> Everybody's got problems, and I love that's a great movie. It's very exciting. And it's very intense. And it's fun. Um, but he. Yeah, but like, yeah, and I, so I, I was really interested in the real character and like that. I wrote, I've, I've written several articles on it. I'm a world expert on it. So before I got into the tech sector, I was really into comedy. And I still am. I still write. It's like my hobby. It's what I do after work, you know, okay. after I'm done, you know, Adela Guy T, that's what I do at like, you know, 9 p.m. I'm out writing articles or I'm giving talks like I'm going, for instance, they're flying me out to um, Budapest in December to give a one week graduate school lecture to just to European students and uh, and and about the Schlemiel. They give me one week. They're paying for me everything. That's awesome. It's awesome. Uh, it's a nice side thing to do. I'll enjoy it. Uh, favorite book or author? Oh wow! Since I I think you have a, a lot of. Wow. You, you should see my library. It's huge. I can uh, see it right now. You got yeah. a, a lot of good stuff back there. Got tons of books here. Wow, that's a tough question. Um, my favorite novel. Um, I know I really like James Joyce's Ulysses. You know that was a great book. You know it's a lot yep. of fun. I like Proust's Remembrance of Things Past, Swan's Way. These are, I love books that deal with consciousness. You know, like the play, all the stuff going on there, and our awareness of all the things that go through our minds and the comedy of life. You know, so those are those are really good novels that I really enjoy. I also really like Saul Bellow. He's uh, he, his book like uh, Humboldt's Gift is great, a great book, you know, and I really like uh, Herzog is a great novel, too. I have so many novels I like. It's a hard thing. It's so hard to pinpoint. I know. I'm starting to realize that you're uh, you're very cultured and you uh, you like a lot of. <laughs> I think it's I, I like, you know, I love it. I like that I could bring in my culture if I could bring it in some way to the tech and the world that I do. I, it's such an, it's an interesting shift, you know, me going from academia to this. I've learned so much and I like it's like done something from my neuro, my nervous system, you know, like neuroplasticity, you know, I've had to change all my habits, all my things that I was expect because you're in academia and you're in a bubble, you know, you don't, you only think it's like ideas and you're thinking of like what everybody else is talking about and you're like, it's not, you're not really, there's nothing really at stake, you know, there's no real risk. Yeah. Like when you're in business, it's all about risks and about relationships. Like in academia, you can say what you want, you have to worry about relationships, you know, except if you get in trouble. Yeah. <laughs> um night in or a night out i like uh, it's a really interesting thing it's like an age thing too you know i mean i uh when i was you know i always loved going out 
I'm a person from my a small town and my friends, you know, it was like always, I was the party guy, you know? So we'd come out, they'd come like, come on, we're going out. This guy calls me, that guy called me and friends call me parties. So I always like going out um, and I like staying in now, but you know, but my, my, uh, my wife and I, my wife likes going out. We like going out every week. You know, I go out with friends. I like going out, you know, even though I like staying in and reading, you know, I do, I go out every week, you know, I try to stay in touch with my friends. I have friends who call me all the time, even during the day, other business people I'm like, let's go out, let's go out, yes. <laughs> you know. Um, I guess maybe this is something that I was going to ask earlier, um, but uh, I'll, I'll, your guilty pleasure. And mm. now the only reason I'm asking about guilty pleasure is that during the last 16, 18 months, I've, an old habit has come up. Yeah. Comic books, my guilty pleasure. Oh, oh. Collecting, collecting comic books. So That's awesome. Uh, did something uh, reappear during COVID or is there something that you've always, you know, guilty pleasure? <laughs> wow. I actually, I really like comic books. I like underground comic books. I used to, I collected those too. You know, I love them. Like Raw Magazine, like all these, you know, avant-garde comic books that were coming out in the 80s and 90s. Mm -hmm. guilty pleasure uh if you don't have one that's fine i think it's kind of like you know tv you know i think tv i i watch i don't like you know it's bad i don't like i feel like it wasting my time i don't want netflix you know i netflix is great you know it's wonderful that there's such great variety stuff and people are like oh you got to see the new this oh the new that that show this show you know and for me it's kind of like a guilty pleasure because it takes away from my uh my time, my reading time, you know, I like at night after everything is done, I need to read books. I like to read. I like to do stuff. But like when I watch TV, it's just like, I just lost, I just lost 30 minutes. I lost an hour. I lost. So yeah. for me, that's a guilty pleasure. The other one is ice cream. You know, I like, you know, coconut ice cream for me, you know, I think it's healthy, but look, it's fattening too, you know, it doesn't, <laughs> but it's great. You know, I love, you know, chocolate, you know, cat you know it's killer my wife's always telling me it's like hey you better watch that you know you're no more ice cream do a little a little pinch test on you <laughs> yeah definitely i'm pinching these days i'm packing a little heat here <laughs> and i'm working on it every day you know so nice um sneakers or dress shoes actually i like I like sneakers, you know, I like comfort, you know, I like comfort. I like good shoes. But then again, you could find some like Clark's. They're really nice shoes, you know, nice, comfortable shoes. If I could like find a nice club. Hmm? Like the Wallabies? Yeah, nice, comfortable, you know, or were there, what are the other ones the uh, from Australia? I'm forgetting the name of the, I want to get a pair of these. My friends have them. Oh my gosh. They're, they're nice, like boot shoes, you know, really nice leather. Ah, mm -hmm. oh, blunts. Oh yeah, the Bluntstones. The Bluntstones, that's it. Bluntstones. Yeah. Like I've heard they're very good. You know, I like I gotta good. get I gotta get a pair. That's one I don't have. And I, I've been thinking about it for a while. Like yesterday I wore some Aldos. I know they're out of Montreal, those shoes. They're really nice. They look beautiful. They're great leather. I love leather. My father was in the leather industry, you know, after he left engineering and, and tech. Yep. But yeah, he uh all those look nice, but they're tough on my feet, man. They're so they're too tight. I feel like they're, you know, it's like it's not worth the look. You know, gotcha. I was wearing them yesterday. I was like, I don't want to wear this anymore. 
Gotcha. I took them off, put the Clarks on. Nice. Last, uh, last fun question. Sure. Um, bucket list item. What is something you haven't done, but you want to do and that you will likely do? That's a good question. I'd say like, um, like Europe, you know, I want to, um, I didn't ever really travel as much, you know, I tra I've traveled, I've been to Europe before. Um, I've been, you know, I travel around the United States. I also like to go to Asia, you know, so there's like certain like places I'd like to go that I haven't been yet. Um, I would like to go like I'm actually I'm going to Budapest in December and I'm thinking about traveling like to, I've been to France, I've been to Spain, I've been to England, but I haven't been to Germany, you know, and I'd like to go Germany and Austria, which is near Budapest near Hungary so yeah. it's all doable like I have family from that area and I'm just so curious I would love to, you know, who left to Europe, you know, in the early 20th century late 19th so I would love to go back I would love to see to go there and check that out and I'd also like to as you were saying or like Japan I would love to go to Japan I would love to go to you know the major Chinese cities I would like to get, have that experience you know I've heard it's very overwhelming I have a lot of good friends have done it family have done it my father's done it um so I would love to go I would love those are places I'd say those yeah, traveling Japan you will not be disappointed you know it will change your life. It is uh, absolutely amazing, terrifying, beautiful, <laughs> calm. It is, it is a ball of everything in that uh, little uh, country. Um, before we uh, part, um, any last words, any upcoming events uh, that we need to know about? And um, Sure. Um, we're having a uh, showcase of our students' work and, and full stack development. That's a new event that's coming up. That's going to be on October, October 3rd, 4th, I think. Um, so that that's a big event for us. Like we like to have people come to, to these events to see our new talent and to, you know, to pick up some, some of our students. Um, we're having a lot of good companies are coming, but we have open spots and these are, they work very hard on their final, working very hard on their final projects. They're still not done. Uh, but I've seen from the work that I've seen so far from them, I'm very impressed. And there's like half the class is women, another half is men. So there's nice, nice division, gender division, and there's some great work going on there. And they're very dedicated. My teachers have told me that they're they're really this is a good group. So I'm excited too. That's the next big event happening. Awesome. Well, Menachem, I want to thank you so much for uh, taking some time out of your day to uh, speak to me to give us a little bit more insight into Adelaide IT and. Uh, Wish you nothing but the best success, and uh, hopefully uh, we at TechNix will be able to assist you uh, in your endeavors. And uh, with that, I want you to thank you so much, and uh, you know, have a great day. Thank you, Ryan.